This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Raise your hand if you're shocked that it turns out the entire attempt to find evidence against Joe Biden was a Russian disintelligence operation. Anyone? Anyone? Hey, it's I Matt Robeson, no Balance of Power Roundtable. Uh, Paul Hodes, <laughs> former Democratic U.S. Congressman, Alicia Preston, conservative commentator, analyst, political consultant. The least surprising story in history turns out that the key witness that Republicans were relying on for their evidence that President Biden did something impeachment, it turns out that he's a fucking Russian plant. No shit. Sorry. Did I, now I have to put the explicit label on the episode. God darn it. Anyway. You um, get Comrade, you get so excited when you talk about Ruskies. It's it, inevitable that you'll have to put the yeah. warning on because Smirnoff is the name. Oh, yeah. Of, this guy's name is Smirnoff. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Give me some sparkling water he's, and some cranberry juice. He's, he's, well. he's a so First of all, the word smear is right in the name. Second of all. It, it couldn't be more on the nose if his name was Vladimir Make It All Up Off. Third of all, he was indicted for lying to the FBI. We tell people what this is about. So this dude was indicted for lying to the FBI about his claims of Biden corruption. Turns out the FBI has been suspicious about him for some time. But for some reason, they didn't give him a polygraph test, which is their standard procedure. And uh, yeah, it turns out that the FBI grew suspicious when they were like, wait a second, you learned your supposed evidence from Russian intelligence. That's the ones who fed you this. Huh, maybe this is horse crap. I, I am, I'm out of things to say. Well, you're giving credence to the FBI, right? Aren't they all corrupt part of the deep state? We need to defund them. Why are you giving them any credibility on what they're saying? I'm Who totally kidding, be? by the way. I it think is, this is a hilarious story. It is true. It is true that Charles McGonagall, the guy who headed up the whole Hillary Clinton investigation, was working for a Russian oligarch. You can't make this stuff uh, up. And by the way, McGonagall, who headed the New York office, they were the ones who put who, who put what's his name uh, Comey under mm. duress. I'm getting mixed up with Comey and Comer, all these uh. comeovers. Like they're the ones who told Comey, if you don't issue this letter and reopen the investigation into Hillary Clinton ten days before the 2016 election, we're going to make trouble for you. They basically blackmailed it out of him. And yeah, they were all working for Russian intelligence. By the way, did I mention that this mm. New York field office of the FBI, all true, you can look this all up, that they were also all in bed with Donald Trump for years? Did I mention also that there was this flowering of Russian 
back channel funneling this of is my into the point. Republican Party in 2016? No, no, this is my point exactly. Because you cannot trust anybody. You cannot trust FBI's. You cannot trust DOJ's. You cannot trust President Biden and his elite, his progeny. They are like they are like pierogies. Biden's progeny are like pierogies. You can't trust them. You might be able to eat them, but wait, I don't really. understand pierogies. No, anyway, part. what I'm telling you <laughs> is no, bri no bribes, they're, no bribes, no from me. I only, I fried only with onions. I only tell the truth. The truth is oh, okay, Vladimir. Hey, can I give you one more fun one? <laughs> James Comer, the one I was about to confuse with Comey. I, oh my God, James Comer is the Republican who's leading the committee that's trying desperately to, how did President Trump put it to Vladimir Zelensky? Do them a favor and come up with some evidence against Joe Biden. So he's the one who's been leading the impeachment inquiry in the House that has been by just like the most keystone copish like tomfoolery ever. They're so incompetent. Their own witnesses are saying, yeah, there's no evidence of anything here. Like their best evidence, like their best witnesses. Jonathan Turley comes up and says, I've got nothing for you. And they put these people on the stand behind the scenes. Fellow Republicans mm -hmm. are shitting all over Comer. Okay. This guy who's leading their whole impeach Joe Biden effort. He has two main things that he's been accusing Biden of. One of them is, oh, we have a whistleblower who claims that Biden got a bribe. That's Smirnoff, okay? That's the guy who, it turns out, is just laundering Russian intelligence. All right, so forget that guy. His other thing is Biden gave his brother a loan through a check, and then he got paid back. There's something wrong there. Did you know that Comer himself did the exact same thing with his brother? This is the schmuck that's leading the Republican efforts on this. Alicia, this is clearly the apotheosis of everything your party stands for. Are you thrilled? Thrilled. I'm just excited. I can't tell you. You know what bothers me, though, is... Wait, wait. Something else bothers you? I yes. think everything I just people shouted at you should well, bother All me. that bothers me. But okay, the people also bother me. And that's because we are at this point in this country. Now, and look, I want to preface this with, I, I don't like Joe Biden. I don't think he's a good president. I think he's too damn old for the job. I think all those things. Those aren't impeachable offenses. And all these people, and we're talking millions, and we're talking people with millions of followers, are using terms like the Biden crime family, the most corrupt president in the history of America. And it's just so ignorant and culty and top line talking point, and they believe it. And they believe it because of this screwdriver drink guy, because people like that say it, and then they latch onto it. And now they won't believe he was lying. They live in their own little reality. Look, I think Congress is wasting their time trying to impeach Joe Biden. I think they're wasting their time trying to impeach Mayorkas, and I don't think either one of them are good at their jobs. But as I've said repeatedly, you don't impeach someone for not being good at their job. They have to have done something. And you're right. They are searching for a crime. They're searching for evidence of a crime that they don't have and they won't. And they're willing to accept lying Russian-connected informants over any evidence before them. And it boggles my mind. Go fix the border. No, actually, you know what? That's interesting because there, is no there was an offer to do that. And <laughs> they said, no, we don't want that because 
Donald said that it might help Joe Biden. It would be good if he did something that we all want to do. And therefore, we're not going to pass the thing that we asked for and that we said we wouldn't pass the Ukraine aid for unless you did that. But now we're not going to do it because this all makes sense. Do you feel your brains bleeding out through your ears? My brain no. breeds out my ears every time I wake up and turn the news on and realize our choice in November is most likely going to be Donald Trump or Joe Biden. That makes oh, my come ears on. bleed. That's not even oh, a choice. Come on. That's you, not- you attack Joe Biden's age only because you can't attack his record. And that's just He's too the damn truth. old. So is oh, Trump. See, oh, I stop. can attack his record. Stop. I'm tired well, of your ageist bullshit. The ageist bullshit has got to stop. It's really stupid. <laughs> Hold on, Paul. Paul. I've got the line from you for you. Eric Swalwell did this on MSNBC two days ago, and he said, I'll take Biden's 81 years over Trump's 91 felony counts. Boom. I love it. That's my new tagline of the year. That's Uh, a good one. That is a clever one. I'll give him that. Make it yours. All right. That's a good one. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We have to talk about the legal ruling that really has the potential to rock American politics in 2024. And it's not coming from the Supreme Court, the Alabama State Supreme Court ruling earlier this week that embryos are covered under the state's laws that define embryos as children, that these embryos are human children. And under the weight of this ruling, the University of Alabama, the eighth largest hospital in the country has suspended IVF procedures. Obviously, the overtones from the Dobbs ruling are substantial. Democrats are seeing this as yet another massive proof point about their entire case that Republicans and Republican judges and the entire MAGA insanity is off the rails. How did this story strike you? This is a bad ruling from a Democratic standpoint in terms of its policy. It's a good ruling in terms of its political implications. It's consistent with the MAGA craziness, but it it just it 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 may be a bridge too far even for Republicans. The result of this is going to be that couples will not be able to pursue in vitro fertilization. Can I jump in here? Here's what this is about. An IVF clinic in Alabama, negligently and incompetently allowed a crazy patient into their cryovac nursery who deliberately destroyed embryos. The three couples who own those embryos want the right to sue the IVS facility for wrongful death. That's what this case is about. What the Supreme Court said was they, the state Supreme Court, of course, of Alabama, said they can based on current law in Alabama and Child Protection Acts, which defines embryos as being protected, both criminally and civilly. And now before people jump saying they shouldn't be, 38 states have similar laws so that if a woman is assaulted, the person who and the baby dies in her womb, 
that individual can be held both criminally and civilly. And based on those laws, the, Stel the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that these people can go forward with their lawsuit because whether that embryo is in utero or ex utero is not explained in the law and not differentiated in any way. What you've said so far is true, but I think you'll agree with me that it also doesn't matter because that's not the implication of the case. Everything you just said is right, but the implication of the ruling, and Paul, you're the attorney here, you can weigh in on this. The implication of the ruling is that embryos that are generated via IVF are considered persons Children. under the wrongful death of a minor law. That is why the eighth largest hospital in the nation has stopped in vitro fertilization procedures. What they said, and I quote, is we have to pause so we can check with our malpractice policy to see if we can be covered. That's what they're worried about. It's the logical extension of the Dobbs decision, which leads leaves these issues up to the state. The fact that it happened in the context of a civil lawsuit is beside the point. The basic fundamental point, once an embryo is defined as a child and, and the state wants to, is going to extend in whatever fashion its protection to that child, i.e. embryo, that has enormous legal implications. This is simply saying whether that embryo is in the uterus or out of the uterus. Let's not forget this is a fertilized egg. And those three couples who lost their embryos, there would be children to the negligence of that IVF facility want to be able to sue them. That's again, about. That again, you're being far too narrow and reductive about this. Already, this ruling has drawn out Nikki Haley to declare that, quote, embryos to me are babies. You may say that this is just about, oh, extending a sanction that exists in 38 states against intentionally killing fetuses. That's true. But that's not really what this is about. That is not what it's about. Politically, it's well, like saying that the case against Al Capone was about taxes and bookkeeping. At the base of it, if that's what this was about, Nikki Haley wouldn't be coming out and spiking her own position on abortion by saying embryos to me are babies. What she is saying is that life begins at conception and that she wants a total ban on abortion. That is what she is saying. No, we can resolve this way. If in, a week, if in a week, the University of Alabama comes back the hospital and says, you know what? We've checked with the attorneys. We're fine. IVF is going forward. We will cover that on this show and we'll say, it looks like people's level of alarm was mistaken. If this continues to have a chilling effect that goes on for weeks and months, then I think we're right to talk about it on this show. And I think people are right to be alarmed. Personally, from where I sit, an embryo is not a child. I think this ruling is wrong. This is the logical extension because it gives others who may think the destruction of an embryo should be the basis for a wrongful death suit in a civil context is pretty alarming because what that means in a wrongful death suit is you get to bring in experts to prove the value, the future projected value of the embryo's earnings. You get experts to come in to testify about the embryo's future projected enjoyment of life. All of that you get in a wrongful death action.
is in itself proof of the magnitude of this ruling and the danger that it poses. The key word is person, right? So let's make a distinction here. The reason people are so alarmed and the reason people are drawing a link to Dobbs and to abortion is the ruling in Alabama is saying that this is the wrongful death of a minor. It's defining the embryos as people. That's different. If you're a pregnant woman, can you drive in the HOV lane? No, because your fetus occupies a different section of the law. Actually, someone did that recently. It was funny. I'm looking it up. Really? Some, a woman did that recently and challenged it. Yeah, it made news because it was funny. I'm going to find it. I'll find You keep talking. The reason people are alarmed in Alabama is twofold. And I don't think they're just politicizing this. I think one is that the Alabama law, the finding here is this is a, this embryo, this frozen embryo right past the point of conception is a full human person, is considered a minor under their law. And the other reason is that the hospital stopped doing IVF. And again, Alicia, the offer stands. If this is a blip in a week or two, the legal review is done and things move forward, then the alarm will have been a little bit misguided. But if this extends, I think people have every right to be alarmed. What people are worried about is the larger issue of fundamentally what Nikki Haley said is what they think re most Republicans believe, which is you believe that embryos are human beings with every right afforded to born or adult human beings, and therefore all abortion or anything that could affect an embryo is not legal. And in fact, at, 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 under the Alabama court's ruling here, for IVF to continue, because the way IVF works is you generate a number of fertilized ova and embryos, and you don't use the non-viable ones. You pick the one that looks most viable to implant. Under the Alabama law, as pointed out by Politico this morning, in order to proceed with IVF, you would have to implant all of the embryos that you generate. You would have to implant the non-viable embryos and they would likely miscarry. That's the implication here. Uh, Alicia, I agree with you that much of the time, the press leaps to the most sensationalized version of a story. In this in this case, I don't think they're overstretching. By the way, I did look up the case. It was June of 2022. A woman was in an HOV lane by herself pregnant. When the deputy said they were going to ticket her, she said, pointed to her belly and said, this is my baby girl right here. That's a second passenger. It made international news, not national, and a judge threw out the ticket. So, I think he probably threw out the ticket because it was international news, but it's funny. Under the 2004 federal law, which was signed by George W. Bush, there was clear, there were clear exceptions for abortions and medical treatment of the mother and whatever was in utero. Dobbs got basically has eviscerated that. And that's why this all is now a the logical extension of Dobbs, the except because there's always been this question of personhood. And as you pointed out, Alicia, when you talked about killing the frozen embryo, you have now attached personhood. I'll give you a quick late-breaking bit of news. And this is especially true because Alicia is a big fan of Governor Chris Sununu. Oh, Three boy. prominent Republicans, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee, and New Hampshire's own Governor Chris Sununu 
told colleagues at Politico's Playbook that they're supportive of IVF, uh, which positions I'm them closer to public <laughs> opinion. I don't know. What, Sununu, I'm supportive of IVF. Sununu the called the decision scary and said, you want to make sure these services are accessible. If there are unintended consequences of this, then people should pass legislation to fix it. I think in the long term, there will not be. I think in the long term, this will shake itself out. The politics will go away. Probably not till after November, because you guys are going to use it as though it's a real political issue. Listen, but if, if by November, Alabama, you still can't get IVF, then we have every cause to make this an issue because it's a freaking issue. By the way, just to round this off, 86% of voters support, this is according to Kellyanne Conway's polling, okay? Great source. According to Kellyanne, 86% of voters support IVF, even those who consider themselves pro-life and evangelicals by rates of 78% to 83% respectively. So again, I think the offer stands here. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Let's talk about the Ezra Klein thing. This drove a lot of conversation among Democrats, a lot of think pieces, a lot of angry pundits, a lot of analysts saying, Ezra Klein is an idiot. He's a moron. He's wrong. And of course, among all these pundits was me. I really wanted to write an article about this. I just didn't have time. So what Ezra Klein argued over the weekend was he loves Joe Biden. He thinks Joe Biden is a very accomplished president. He thinks he probably saved America and by extension the world. And he'd like him to step down and not run again. And his solution for what to do in the vacuum that would create is to have a brokered convention where somehow, some way, Democrats pick a candidate. I'm a little confused at this point. But his idea is... Democrats in their wisdom would pick a great candidate who would clearly be better than Biden and therefore victory. Paul, you have attended many conventions. You have been a convention delegate. You've been a U.S. congressman. You've been inside these kinds of rooms. What do you make of this argument? That's the stupidest thing I've heard in a long time from somebody who I generally have considered to be a pretty intelligent, smart observer of the political scene. Number one, it's not going to happen. Number two, I stand with Joe Biden and his record of accomplishments for the country and everything that's going, despite Alicia's prognostications to the contrary. There is not going to be a brokered con con convention. And I don't know who. I can't imagine who the Democrats would pick. There is no bench. I don't think it's a lack of a bench that bothers me. I think what he does here is... Alicia, you're very nicely letting the Democrats kind of weigh yeah, in on this. Yeah. You're tenting your fingers <laughs> and you're like, ooh, oh, for once it's the Democrats who yes. are talking about their stupid ass ideas. This it's is a stupid a... ass idea. It is. This it's is a stupid ass truly idea. terrible. This is like a jump to conclusions, Matt, in office space. It's, it's truly a terrible idea, Ezra. Yeah, there are talented politicians in the Democratic Party. There's Jared Polis, Gavin Newsom, Raphael Warnock, Josh Shapiro, Cory Booker, yeah, yeah, Pete yeah, Buttigieg, yeah. Gina Raimondo, Gretchen not, Whitmer. Not and, this time. But let's talk about let's talk about the donkey in the room. I just did that because I can't say elephant in the room because we're Democrats. Let's talk about the vice president here. So there's 50 different reasons that this is a West Wing fantasy that Ezra Klein is constructing here. One of them is that any outcome that results in jumping over the first African-American female 
vice president to say, hey, thanks so much for your service, but we're going with this dude, would result in a huge split in the party. Just absolutely huge. Second of all, second big problem is, where does he get the idea that somehow Democrats, Democrats are wise angels who would sit around and have a Socratic dialogue about who would be the best to oppose and defeat Donald Trump? Not on your life. This would be a power broker exchange of favors like deathmatch where people would be angling for their own political advantage. It would be a cataclysm that would make 1968 look like, I don't know, a cuddle tickle fest? Like, I, I mean, there's just no freaking way. All right, Alicia, go ahead. Dunk on us. Go ahead. No, my only thought is this, and I agree with your last analysis of the viability. Oh, you like the tickle happening. fest part. I was going a little before that, but yeah, tickle me Elmo, whatever. The That it would be negotiated, who gets a cabinet position, who gets this, who gets that, and it may never come to fruition. But there are a lot of us out here, including Republicans, who may know in the intellectual parts of our brain that this is not possible. But in the recesses of our souls, we wish it were. Because I got to be honest, I'm getting a little nervous, and I'm not a big fan of polls. But of the trends of swing state polls, when it comes to Donald Trump, I'm getting a little nervous. And I am a Republican. I am a conservative. I believe Donald Trump, if elected again, is an absolute threat to the democracy of this nation and her continued existence as we know her. And so there's a lot of us out here who aren't Joe Biden fans, but our concern isn't the foremost that Joe Biden, I don't think, is a good president. It's that can Donald Trump beat him? And I never want to see that happen. That's interesting. Let me push you a little bit on this. If I'm hearing you, what you're saying is your number one worry is can you get a fair deal for your trade-in car? Your number two worry Back. is that Donald Trump <laughs> will be president of the United States again. And you really, in order to prevent that from happening, you don't want to have to vote for Joe Biden. And you think that out there, there is a stronger alternative, but you don't know that there's a way for Democrats to get to them. You're a little off. I'll be direct. I'll vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. I have no problem doing that. That's not my concern. My concern is will others. My I, concern is will you Because you just want to win. I just, you don't, I just want you, Donald you Trump want to lose. You want Donald Trump to lose. Got it. Yes, That's it. Yes. And, I'm and you think someone else would be stronger than Joe Biden. I do. I think someone else. And who is that? I don't know. I've actually always liked Amy Klobuchar, but she wasn't on the list you named. I think a lot of Democrats, if put in that position with enough time before November, could beat Donald Trump. I'm younger than I'm younger than Joe Biden. I'll run. OK, you've I'll vote for you. You've convinced me. You have my vote. Personally, I prefer your 71 to Joe Biden's 81 and definitely to Donald Trump's 91 felony counts. You guys are underestimating oh, you're just keep parlay, you know. the yeah. best. You're I know. Under hey, wait till I'm 51. Then it'll really line up. It'll be perfect. <laughs> All right. You know what? Uh, let's stop. Let's just, you know what? I don't have a pithy outro. I don't have anything. Uh, my name is Smirnoff. I, I work well in cocktails and I lie. Oh, for Paula Delicia. I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. <laughs>